we're going to look together at Psalm 16 at this Easter Sunday evening. Uh, let me pray as we come to look at those words together. Uh, Father, would you show us how good it is, how certain it is to find refuge in you in the midst of our storms. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, can I encourage you to, uh, to press pause now and uh, just go and read Psalm 16 before we, um, before we look at it further. It'll really help to have read it before going further. So do that now. Death feels very real and close at the moment, doesn't it? 439, 786, 938. 881. They were the, the numbers that we hate to hear day by day up to uh, up to Friday morning. The numbers that have died uh, over the last previous twenty over the previous twenty four hours uh, up to Friday morning. Death feels very close and and real at the moment, doesn't it? So where then are we to turn in the face of death? We all look for, for a harbour in the storm, but which harbour will we turn to? Where will we find refuge in our current storm? Well, if you've got uh, Psalm 16 still open, turn with me uh, back to the beginning to Psalm 16 verse 1. Uh, David writes, keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. We, we don't know exactly what David's situation was. He, he may well have been on the run from King Saul running from him. For an Israelite, their first place of refuge was in their king. But ironically for David, he's on the run from his king. So what does he do? He cries out to God, keep me safe. In you I take refuge. So here's the first thing for us to see as we, we think about where we turn in our storms. Cry out to God. Notice David's cries it's it's a raw cry keep me safe i i need you to keep me safe god but it's also a hopeful cry in you i take refuge just consider with me for a moment would you what what are your what are your greatest fears right now what are you most fearful of perhaps it is death but it, but it may be other things as well as that that the fear of of isolation is you just feel so cut off from others and cut off from friends and family. I have no idea when I'll next be able to see my parents, my in-laws, from children to see their grandparents. Perhaps as well, your fear is not so much isolation, but being confined in with the same people and days and weeks on end living together in close confines with, uh, with family, friends, housemates. Perhaps your, your fear is the security of your job. I know for some of you, there's a very real chance of being made unemployed, looking at being furloughed and uncertainties after that. Fear of the unknown. That's one of the things I've found myself struggling to cope with. What, what will next week, next month, the summer look like? What impact will it have on, on summer plans? Perhaps your, your, your fear is, is mental health struggles. You, you know what it's like to struggle with anxiety and depression and this time is, is just adding to, to struggles for you. 
There's a beautiful book written by the, the poet Gwyneth Lewis, and she writes poetically of her experiences of, of battling depression in a lovely book called Sunbathing in the Rain. Um, she, she writes this about, uh, about her experiences. Uh, under the duvet, an internal ice age has set in. I had, I had permafrost around my heart. This is what dying of cold must be like once the numbness has started. Outside on the landing, two decorators were papering the hall. I slept through their radio, chat, everything. Couldn't have cared less if the house had caught fire around me. I didn't even try to lift my head off the pillow. I felt mildly surprised when Leighton, that's her, her husband, brought me tea, which he never does, but I couldn't get round to drinking it. So that too went cold. It was as if I was pinned down by an irresistible wind. I curled up like a frozen prawn. Perhaps that's your fear at the moment, experiencing something of, of what Gwyneth speaks of there. And, and I don't know if, if you find that the impulse when, when you feel that whatever your fears may be, the, the impulse is to hide, hide your fears from others, but also to, to hide them from God. Here's Gwyneth writing about her impulse to, to hide. My first impulse was to hide my condition from even my closest friends. I felt ashamed of my wretchednessness, as if I'd brought it on myself. Depression's sepia light felt like despair, but it isn't. I'm not a wimp, a moaner, not a quitter. Normally I love life. There can be an impulse to... To just want to hide our fears from others, to say we're doing fine, but to hide our fears from God. And when we, we feel that impulse, remember how Psalm 1 starts, cry out to God, and bring your raw cry to him, and keep me safe. Cry out to God. But here's the second thing to see from these verses, cry out to God alone. Look down at the verse 2, David writes, I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. It's a striking thing to say, isn't it? Apart from you, I have no good thing. Just um, consider for a moment the, the, the good things there are in your life. I, I hope even in this difficult situation, there are a good number of things that you can think of to bring to mind. David says that apart from God, without seeing these as a blessing from him, you have no good thing. Every good thing comes to you from God. Verse 5, Lord, you've assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. In the New NIV translation, it says, Lord, you alone, you alone. Only God is the one in whom we can find security. And verse 4, the sorrows of those will increase who run after other gods. Literally, the idea there is, those who, who wed other gods, those who, who unite themselves so closely as if in a, a, a marriage relationship with other gods. Cry out to, to God alone. Don't wed yourself after, after other gods, after other things. I, w I wonder where you're, you're placing your hope at this time. I wonder uh, where you're looking for refuge in the storm. See, the, the danger is that, that God becomes our refuge amongst a whole bunch of other things we, we seek our refuge in. We hedge our bets and have other harbours that we're, we're hunting out too. 
Well, if, if you're a Christian listening to it, to this, you've not wed yourself to other gods as many do, as we see in verse four. Uh, we have wed ourselves to God. The, the image the Bible uses is of Christ as our bridegroom and we, the church, as the bride, united to him in an exclusive relationship. So put your hope in, in God alone. Cry out to God. Cry out to God alone. But here's, here's the last thing to see. Cling to your certain future. Cling to your certain future. You see, David was, was sure that, that he, he faced security to look to the future. He knew that he could be glad as he was potentially on the run for his life. Look down at verses 9 to 11. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your holy one see decay. You've made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, your etern with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Maybe as you hear those verses on the lips of David, you think, was that, was that just wishful thinking for him? Just kind of fairy tale stuff that he was hoping for a for happily ever uh, happily ever after ending. A few weeks back, before we went into lockdown, Anna and I went to um, see Les Mis when it was um, touring in uh, at the Theatre Royal here. One of my favourite songs uh, in that is when the little girl Cosette um, sings. There's a castle in a, on a cloud. Cosette is. Um, being cruelly treated by a, a pub owner and uh, and his his wife, and as she's scrubbing the floor, she sings these words: "There's a castle on a cloud. I like to go there in my sleep. Aren't any floors for me to sweep? Not in my castle on a cloud. There's a lady all in white, holds me and sings a lullaby. She's nice to see and she's soft to touch. She says, Cosette." I love you very much. Because as much as that's a beautiful song for Cosette, it was just wishful thinking, and just a vague hope of a, of a castle on a cloud with a, a lady all in white who'd look after her. For the Christian, is, is our hope any more certain than Cosette's? Is it just a castle on a cloud? Well, um, just turn with me in your Bibles to, um, to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and, and turn down to, and to verse 29 when um, the, the context is that Peter is uh, speaking to a large crowd uh, and he quotes from Psalm 16. Uh, after quoting from Psalm 16, uh, look at what he says in verse 29. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. You see, he addresses the problem. Was it just wishful thinking for David? He, he says, David says, my body won't see decay. And yet his body did see decay. He died. We can go to where his tomb is, Peter says. And yet Peter helps us to see that these words are picked up and, and lived out by David's descendant, the Lord Jesus. Let's read on from verse 30. But he, that's David, he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of the Christ. 
that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all, we are all witnesses of the fact. You see, this, this Easter Sunday, we celebrate that, that God raised Jesus to, to life, that Jesus' body did not see decay, that, that God promises to all who cry out to him, life after death. For your body to, to be raised as Jesus' was. For a certain future. And you see, this, this future uh, is certain. We can cling to a certain, certain future because the, the tomb's empty. There's a, a danger that we, we look back on uh, those that have gone before us with a sort of uh, historical snobbery. We think, well, we're more scientifically minded. We're, uh, we're a bit more thought through. Of course, remember, there, there are a good number of people who had a vested interest to, to show Jesus's dead body, to show the tomb really wasn't empty. It was an embarrassment to the Romans that Jesus's body was no longer there. They'd have been desperate to show people, here is Jesus. We really did kill him and he's still dead. It was an embarrassment to the re religious leaders who'd been so desperate to kill off Jesus. They'd have been at great pains to show that the tomb really wasn't empty. Jesus didn't raise. But neither group could do it because the tomb really was empty. Jesus really did come back to life. God raised him to life. The tomb is empty. But also the, the disciples are, are witnesses of the risen Jesus. Did you see that in, in our reading? Verse 32, God has raised this Jesus to life. And we, Peter says, we are all witnesses of the facts. Of the fact. Peter says, look, it is a fact that Jesus is risen and we are witnesses to it. We've, we've seen him. Now, this wasn't just one or two people having perhaps hallucinations in the privacy of their own room. Jesus, the risen Jesus, showed himself to several people on several occasions. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, at one time to, to more than 500 believers. This is no mass hallucination. Jesus really is risen. Peter says we're witness to this fact, as are were many of his fellow disciples. The tomb's empty, disciples are witnesses to it, and, and the disciples went on to die because they were so convinced of the resurrection, so convinced that Jesus rose to life, that they gave their lives to telling the message of Jesus, the message of the risen Jesus. Tomb's empty. The disciples are witnesses and they gave their lives because they were convinced by the truth of the risen Jesus. So what does it mean to us? Well, it means we can, we can cling to the future knowing it's, it's certain, knowing that Jesus has blazed the trail. God has risen him to life and he will do so for us. There is a glorious future for the Christian. Psalm 16 talks of eternal pleasures. Never ending delight is the future for the Christian. So how does that help us now? Well, just think again with me what your greatest fear is right now. Perhaps your greatest fear is death. You cling to your certain future. Jesus has blazed the trail for you. There is life after death if you cry out to him. Perhaps your, your greatest fear right now is loneliness, feeling so on your own. Now cling to your certain future 
allow the, the benefits of the future to seep in and, and change the reality of your current situation, the, the greatest benefit that we'll one day enjoy is being with the Lord forever. And those benefits seep back to us now. Listen again to Psalm 16, verse 8. David says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With, with him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. You're not on your own. The Lord is with you. He is at your right hand. I'm sure your greatest worry right now is struggling with depression or anxiety. And it's extremely hard to, to cling to your certain future. Perhaps it even feels too much to open up your Bible and, and read it yourself. Why don't you ask someone else to, to come and read for you Psalm 16? Why not turn, turn your phone onto the Bible app if you've got it and, and play the words of this psalm to you? Even if you feel you can't read them, uh, let the words wash over you. God offers to us a refuge, a, a harbour in the midst of the storm. So cry out to him. Don't hide from him. Uh, cry out to him alone. Don't, don't hedge your bets. Remember that you've wed yourself to him if you're a believer. Put your hope exclusively in him. And cling to your certain glorious future. Let's pray together. Lord God, please in this in this season, would you help us to cry out to you, to, to resist that impulse to hide from you, and to cry out to you alone, knowing that you alone provide rescue, refuge, and harbour in the storm. And whatever our fears might be right now, we'd you help us to cling to our certain future, our certain future with you. Thank you because of the resurrection, because you raised your son to life and blazed the trail for us. We can be sure that we'll one day be with you forever. Please help the benefits of that seep back to us now and change our current reality. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.